This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. So be sure to pick up a nice cool Pepsi to enjoy while you watch Giants football. And don't forget, check out madeforfootballwatching.com for the latest football watching content exclusively from Pepsi. are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to a new edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you. It is Tuesday, the 29th. We are almost done with the month of September. And with me on today's show, I have Gene Clemens, Coach Gene Clemens from Giants Country. He is here to help me take a look, one last look back at the Giants debacle against the 49ers, a 36-9 loss. And then we're going to spin ahead a little bit to the Los Angeles Rams and Coach Gene you know, it has expertise in, in uh, the X's and O's. And we're going to talk about some of the breakdowns by the Giants on offense and defense and kind of how they can address these as they get ready for a, a uh, weekend matchup at the Los Angeles Rams and hopefully avoiding an 0-4 start. So, Gene, thanks so much for joining the program, as always. Well, thank you for having me. Anytime, my friend, anytime. So, Gene, we got to start with this debacle on Sunday. Um, and let's start on the offensive side of the ball. The Giants just could not get anything going. They haven't been able to run the ball, which is where I think we've got to start. I know a lot of people are saying, well, you know, now that they don't have Saquon Barkley, they're, they're basically screwed. They weren't able to run the ball with Saquon Barkley in there this year. What do you see as the biggest issue, and I know it starts up front, but what's going on on that offensive line that you think is is maybe stopping this team from from being able to run the ball with any regularity? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, when it comes to the run game, you normally work inside out. So um, from centers to the, the centers and guards usually make the difference when it comes to a strong versus a weak running game. Right now, they just have a they have a hole there because they're trying to teach someone to play center against elite level NFL competition. That's usually a recipe for disaster. Um, but I also think that we have to look at, 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 at um, our guards and, and ask the question, are they playing up to the level, the level of capability that they can play up to? And I don't think they are. I think they've, um, you know, between Hernandez and, and, and Zeitler, I don't think they've played to a level of nastiness that I really expected them to come out and show um, early on in the year. And it, it just seems, and I don't know if it's necessarily because the scheme is different or if it's they're playing different, but they haven't had the same level of aggressiveness as as you've seen in the past. 
I was going to ask you, you know, you bring up the scheme. How much of that could be due to, you know, it is a brand new scheme and maybe they're not playing as quickly as you would like them to see had they been in the scheme, you know, last year, for example? Uh, I, I think for a, a veteran like Zeitler, that's not an issue. He's been in enough schemes. He's seen enough football where everything really is just terminology. And so that shouldn't be an issue. Hernandez is still, he's still, you know, um, he's still young and um, still coming into his own. So that might be an issue for him. I think this is now three offenses in three years. Um, so that, that might be a, an issue. And again, you go back and I, and I hate to hard point it, but you're going back to a guy in Nick Gates who's learning the position on the fly while also learning a new offense. And so um, when you add that into into consideration and you say that the offensive tackles, one's a rookie, one's a guy who's used to playing on the left side, and now he's playing on the right side and he's playing for a new team, you have a, a completely disjointed offensive line. And that takes time to get together. If you really think about it, this is, their, this is going to be week four will be their fourth preseason game. So. Like if you were just looking at it from the standpoint of how much experience they have working together in an offense, they have the equivalent of three preseason games working together. And so, you know, the difference is is you're not working versus a second unit or maybe some of the starters on the other side are sitting out. You're working against first teamers um, and, and rotational guys the entire game. And that is, that's difficult. Um, to do on the fly with no type of, of, of lead into that level of competition. How much does that lack of cohesiveness maybe affect the vision of the running backs? Like, for example, I was watching Wayne Gallman, a guy who I've always thought ran well, at least in the summertime. And there were times where I, I saw him almost stutter step and hesitate as if he wasn't sure what he was seeing in front of him. And I'm just wondering, is that on Gallman or is that on, you know, maybe what he's seeing or is it a combination of the two? Well, I, I have to give the pass to the running backs in this because when Saquon Barkley was there, you saw the same thing. He had to stop his feet in the backfield to try to figure out where there might be an open area to run through. I really, I really don't think that the offensive line has gelled as quickly in the running game, and, and, and it's an interesting reason why. It's because I actually think they're playing better in the passing game. I think that they're making improvements as a pass-blocking unit and maybe the emphasis because of, of what everybody thought was a complete debacle the first week where people were focusing on the passing game, that that's been the emphasis, and you've seen them make strides. I mean, they gave up two sacks. They had a few more pressures, but I think overall, versus a team even without their best, you know, who's considered their best defensive um, pass rusher, they're still a formidable defensive pass rush. Um, they they held their own pretty well. They held their own pretty well versus the um, versus versus the Bears in, in week two, and so. They did all of those things, but again, the running game was non-existent. And so I think that without having 
that extended preseason time to really be able to focus in on both. They probably focused more on one, and now the other one has just been a complete and total disaster um, to start the season. You brought up the passing game, so let's venture over there for a moment. Watching Daniel Jones on Sunday, at times to me, it looked like I don't know if the, the protection calls were off. I don't know if, if he just wasn't trusting what he was seeing, but he didn't look like he was playing as fast as he could. What did you see from Daniel Jones? I know some people have said, oh, he looks like he's regressed. I don't know I would go so far as to say that since it is a new system, but what did you see from him? So what I, what I saw wasn't necessarily regression. What I saw was him doing what he's been doing. I haven't seen improvement. Um, and against, let's be real about it, these defenses that that the, the Giants have played these first few weeks are not just run-of-the-mill NFL defenses. They are some of the more elite-level defenses in all the NFL. They started off with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They may be the best defense in the NFL. Then they went to the, the Bears, a completely formidable defense. Then they went to the the 49ers, who, even though they were missing a, a key call overall defensively, is a very good defensive team. And now in week four, they're going to go into the Rams. So I think when you look at what Daniel Jones was doing, he struggled last year versus the better defenses. He feasted on the defenses that weren't that great, who didn't have great pass rushes, that he was able to, to find some comfort in the pocket. Um go through progressions and, and deliver the balls without, without his feet kind of being a little more happy. He hasn't really had that, 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 that ability because I think he's still a little bit squeamish behind an offensive line that's figuring it out. I think he's probably having to help more on the protections than he's used to because last year's, um, you know, a lot of those line calls and the protections were being made by the center. And so when you put all that stuff together, I think you get a Daniel Jones that's looking to find a little bit more continuity, and he's trying to figure out how to navigate this offense. And then, Gene, I have to ask you, because this is really a head-scratcher for me, why hasn't Evan Ingram really flourished in a system that is supposedly so tight and friendly? Well, I think it comes down to, you know, I think it comes down to what is the the emphasis on getting him the ball in advantageous situations? Evan Ingram's not um he's not Jason Witten. So like the way you get Evan Ingram the ball isn't exactly the same way you would get Jason Witten the ball. Um but like why haven't we seen him on a screen pass? Why on more screen passes? Why haven't we seen him on shallow crossing routes? or just getting the ball in, in in space where he can just, you know, get it, turn, and, and use his athleticism. Um, we haven't really seen a lot, of, a lot of innovation with getting him the ball. And when you look around the NFL at other teams who have athletic tight ends, they find ways to get their tight end the ball. I believe he had, was it seven targets? He had three you know, three completions. So not, not as if he wasn't targeted, but I think it was just those normal in the game type of throws where it was like, okay, we, he might be open. And it's like, no, we have to scheme him open so that he can take advantage of 
his ability, but also you have to look at what teams want Daniel Jones to do, which is we'll take our chance with Daniel Jones pushing the ball vertical. And so if Evan Ingram is working in the intermediate and defenses are sitting on him in the intermediate areas, then he's not even open to be able to take advantage. And because Jones doesn't really push the ball down the field, except maybe once or twice a game, you don't see any defenses fearing that, and therefore it's not opening it up for Ingram to work underneath and in the intermediate. If you think about a team like Kansas City, where they are constantly pushing the ball vertical, their tight ends have an ability to work. If you think about a team like, um, like the Baltimore Ravens, because their run game is so efficient, their tight ends get opportunities to work. Well, if your run game's not working and you don't push the ball vertical down the middle, your tight ends tend to be pretty ineffective in the passing game. We're talking ball with Coach Gene Clemens, a writer over at Giants Country. He also contributes to football game plan. We're going to take a quick break, come back, and we're going to ask about the defense and see what's going on there. So stay with us, folks. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of cars and trucks, it's become impossible for retail shops to stock everything in a traditional chain storefront. So the next time you need a part for your car or truck, visit rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. RockAuto.com offers scores of different auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers for nearly every make and model of car out there. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Hey Giant fans, this is Patricia Trena, host of the Locked On Giants podcast. And I want to tell you about my debut book. It's called The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. And I've sought to create a living history of the top men and moments that have made one of the NFL's charter franchises what it is today. Relive the franchise's four Super Bowls. Find out what convinced former general manager Ernie Accorsi that quarterback Eli Manning was indeed the one. Learn about the events that brought the Tisch family into the Giants' ownership floor, and so much more. This 368-page paperback book includes loads of photos and the stories of some of the greatest giants in history as told in their own words. The Big 50, the men and moments that made the New York Giants, will be available starting September 8, 2020 on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever else books are sold. So pre-order your copy today, and thank you for your support. 
Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and I'm joined by Gene Clemens. He is a writer at Giants Country, does film breakdown, does uh, all kinds of cool things. So if you are not reading him, check him out. You can also follow him on Twitter at Gene Clemens, C-L. E-M-O-N-S. And Gene, let's talk about the Giants defense. Now, I have thought since day one of the season that the defense was maybe a little bit more ahead, if you will, than the offense. Now, we we saw, of course, you know, them fall apart against the 49ers. I think a good part of that was due to the fact that they were on the field for so long. But I've got to ask you about the third down situation. This team has struggled to get off the field on third down. What do you see as being the biggest issue with that's keeping them getting off the field so quickly? Well, I, I think that if you look at the game plan, and I was writing about this another week, I said that it seemed as if um, they were – focusing on being more of a bend but don't break type of defense. And the aggression that um, Patrick Graham showed um, when he was um, over at, at with the Green Bay Packers and, and, and the amount of times they were blitzing linebackers and sending people just didn't seem to, to be that level of aggression that was being shown early. They, they did it at times, but consistently on third downs, it seemed as if they were dropping in the coverage. And unfortunately, that's not the, that's not the value of the linebacking core for the Giants. The linebacking core for the Giants in pass coverage is poor to, you know, awful. Um, the, the, the value that they bring is their ability to go forward, not to go backwards. And not having the ability to put more defensive backs on the field because you're missing a guy like Xavier McKinney means that. And now, and now, who knows how long you know um, Peppers is going to be out. It, it makes it harder to to get those matchups where you have more guys who can cover, especially in that that 12 to 15 yard range downfield. And so I think that's what's happening is is when you're kind of playing that bend but don't break defense, at some point you've got to stiffen up. And they just don't seem to stiffen up all enough to to kind of cut down the amount of, of, of time or the amount of snaps that they're playing on defense. And and that's 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 dangerous when your offense can't sustain drives. Indeed. And, you know, you mentioned defensive secondary. It looks like they're still trying to figure out who's going to start opposite of James Bradbury, who, by the way, is playing lights out. Now, they removed Corey Ballantine from the mix yesterday or, or on Sunday, rather. They they uh, alternated between Isaac Yadam. I think uh, they, they tried Ryan Lewis in there as well. I mean, they can't I, I can't imagine they can continue with a committee approach can they or i mean realistically speaking does it make sense to to do this or are they just better off just settling on somebody and letting that guy develop well it it all depends again i i hate to harp on this and i know giants fans you know won't want to hear it but they're still in the in the in the they're figuring it out phase (laughs) um the these these are not these are not the times where you're going to have the most success when you're breaking in a new offense, a new defense, a new coaching staff, 
and a lot of new players. This just wasn't the ideal way for um, this this coaching staff to take over a team and have to vet people in game um, while trying to be competitive and win. And it doesn't help. Obviously, it doesn't help that you don't have some of the pieces that you thought you were going to be able to rely upon. But it also, I also think that the answers possibly are there and they're just not getting the opportunity. Like, I know that people think Darnay Holmes is a, is more of a nickel guy, but Darnay Holmes played a lot of corner. And so like, at some point, do you give that guy a chance to see if he can be, you know, someone who can, who can, who can get it done out there instead of all of these guys who you're just kind of, you know, retreading left and right. Um, do you go to one of, you know, do you go to one of the rookies and, and and see if they can give you something more on more of a permanent basis. I don't really know the 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 ultimate answer. I just know that, like you said, it's probably best if they just decide to roll with one person and let that let that person mature in the role, unless it just becomes evident that they're not capable of being a starter, and then move on to someone else. Now, Gene, I know you're working on this for Giants Country, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Marcus Golden, we he was somebody we wanted to keep an eye on because last year, you know, in James Betcher's system, he flourished. This year, he's not getting as many opportunities, and I suspect his role changed because of how the Giants are deploying Lorenzo Carter. What are you seeing from those edge rushers? Well, I think that you I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, someone looked up and said, yo, this Lorenzo Carter guy, he's pretty he's pretty good when we let him do what he's, you know, tailor made to do. And so I really think it comes down to the fact that. A lot of the stuff that you see Carter doing this year was where Golden was playing last year, or at least it, it's a role that Golden would have filled last year. And now Golden, Golden being one in a platoon of people just isn't getting the opportunities, you know, coming to him as, as regularly as he would have had last year. Because last year he, he had the lion's share of the snap in that, in that outside wide nine edge rusher position. And now this year that's more, that's more Carter, that's more Fackrell. Um, who are, who's getting those who's getting those opportunities on a regular basis? So I, I think it just become comes down to someone going, hey, you know, Golden's good, but this Lorenzo Carter guy, he's like he's got some traits that a lot of other, you know, elite level pass rushing outside linebackers have. Indeed, and he's off to a fast start as well, the young man. And another guy, you know, who I thought would would be off to a, a faster start, and I'm not quite sure what to make of him yet, is O'Shane Zimenez. It just seems like he he does better when less is asked of him, and thus far that hasn't necessarily been the case. He's been asked to carry a heavier load. What has he shown you? Well, I think he's he's trying to adjust to a role that's different than what he was asked to do. Like you said, last year, hey, come in, you know, be that be that energizer, that fresh legs to 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 give us a spark when other guys need a spell. 
um, less snaps were better. Now he's he's being asked to to have more snaps. It's it's wearing him down. There's there's just I feel like at the end of the day, what we're looking at is him playing positions that don't necessarily fit his what he does the best all the time. Very similar to what we saw with Lorenzo Carter last year, and I think that's what happens. Like at some point, you just get so much of one position and you say hey this guy's playing really really well but but we have this other guy we feel really good about let's find somewhere to put him and the places that they're finding to put um O'Shane in is just not necessarily the best positions for him to be able to 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 break out and and shine the way he was last year in that limited role Indeed. And then I have to ask you also about the inside linebackers. Now, Blake Martinez has just been a machine. I think we can all agree on that. And and his tackles are coming within five yards of the line of scrimmage. But next to him, Devontae Downs, I don't know about you, but I haven't seen a whole lot to get excited about, you know, him starting. What's going on there? Do you think he's just maybe overmatched for that role? I think he. I don't think it, I don't think he's playing the best. Um, I think if I had to pinpoint one linebacker, um, that has been uh, not bright, not a bright spot. I would say he hasn't been a bright spot. Um, I also think that while while Blake Martinez is playing really really good versus a run, I think he's been a liability in the passing game. Um, against the pass when you're asking him to drop in the coverage or, or cover people out of the backfield, just don't think he's, he's adept at that. And then there are some times where in his aggressiveness um, coming downhill, he'll, he'll try to make something happen and, and take himself out of position. But that's where you need a, that's where you need the other linebacker to be able to make you right. And downs hasn't been able to do that on a consistent basis. Um, and it really puts a lot of, um, pressure on your your strong safeties and your free safeties and as we see a guy like you know um love having double digit tackles anytime your safeties have double digit tackles it's probably a bad thing indeed because that means most of the the tackles are being made at the second level or beyond which is definitely what you don't want to see gene let's take a final break when we come back i want to go and look ahead to this sunday's game against the los angeles rims a very tough opponent for the giants folks we will be right back after these messages have you tried the all new and improved built bar if not you're missing out on one of the industry's healthiest and tastiest snack treats that's loaded with protein and low on sugar. With 18 different flavors, including nut and non-nut variety, you'll enjoy healthy snacks covered in 100% chocolate that's soft and easy to chew, and most importantly, great for the health conscious. Built Bars are great for folks on the keto diet and include protein and fiber nutrients you need without the exorbitant calories. And use the code LOCKED ON at checkout to save $10 off your next purchase. Visit BuiltBar.com to check out their amazing offering of flavors and put your customized box together. And don't forget, use the code LOCKED ON at checkout to save $10 off your order. That's BuiltBar.com. 
Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and Gene Clemens is a special guest, Coach Gene Clemens from Giants Country from Football Game Plan. If you are not checking out his work, please do so. You will learn a lot. I know I learn a lot every time I read his stuff, really good stuff. And Gene, let's talk about the Giants' upcoming matchup against the Rams. Particularly, I'm concerned about the offense versus the defense, a, a Rams defense that is led by Aaron Donald, who does so many things so well and who is just a load to handle. How do you slow this guy down? I mean, you you can't you can't try to like sugarcoat it. You can't try to make it. You can't try to design it and get cute. You got to double team. <laughs> you got to double team him, and you got to take your chances with the other guys. Um, you 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 you're paying these guards to to really be able to protect your center, and so you can't leave your center hung out to dry, especially. You know that the Rams are going to employ employ Donald in a little bit further inside to take advantage of a a center that is still learning the position and try to bait those guards into looking outside. So I think they have to identify where Donald is. They have to set their protection from Donald instead of setting it from possibly an edge rusher like they would normally do. I think you've got to look in a pass game to have your running backs um, work inside out so that if a guy like Donald is breaking free, they can get a chip on him and help that offensive lineman, you know, that guard or the center, get back control of Donald. You just have to be mindful of him. You have to say, you know, if they're going to get to us, if they're going to beat us, Aaron Donald's not going to beat us. Indeed. And I know I was looking at some film for, for an article I'm working on for Giants Country, and the Patriots in the Super Bowl had some success running at Aaron Donald if they were able to successfully double-team him and push him out of the way. And, and those times when they weren't double-teaming him, they were running away from him. So possibly a way to get the running game going. I mean, you know, you figure Devonta Friedman is probably going to see more snaps this week after, you know, a limited amount of snaps last week. But what else do you think the Giants can do to maybe get that running game going against this Rams defense, which is very tough? Well, I'll tell you what I was, I was surprised about. I was surprised at how little Deion Lewis was used um, last week. I, 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 I don't know why they brought him in if they're not going to use him, you know, in, in the offense, it seemed to me like they were looking for someone that when Barkley went down or when Barkley needed to be spelled and they wanted something that was Barkley like you had Dion there and he has not been used in that capacity. Um, he, he had one, one reception and maybe like two targets, but both of those targets were kind of, you know, throwaway targets. He had one carry. And and to me, if you're going to have a guy who, it, he's not Saquon Barkley, but he has the ability to run the ball and to catch the ball out the backfield, you've got you've to use that that guy a little bit more. And so I, I want to see Deion Lewis get more um, touches in the game give him an opportunity to be able to get into space the same way I wanted them to give Saquon Barkley an opportunity to get into space. 
whether that whether that's by more designed runs where you've got you've got backs crashing down on on the defensive end and working that sweep to the outside, whether that is um whether that is getting him out on screens or into the pass game on short routes or crossing routes, taking advantage of him matched up with the linebacker, any way you can to get the backs into space to be able to get Daniel Jones some confidence throws that he can possibly then turn into um, pushing the ball a little bit further down the field or, or taking a little bit of the emphasis off Evan Ingram so that maybe Ingram can get more one-on-one, one-on-one matchups that, that would be advantageous for him and get him the ball that way. You know, and the, while we're on this topic of the passing game, I felt like the Giants really missed Sterling Shepard. You know, that's an injury that I think if you didn't have the Saquon Barkley injury to talk about, we would be talking about a little bit more. I mean, Sterling Shepard to me is just an expert at finding soft spots in zone coverage. And I just, I don't know, I looked at it how they used the receivers last week. I'm not sure I liked how they deployed Golden Tate, you know, trying to use screens when the guy's a possession receiver. I mean, what did you see from how they tried to adjust in their first game without Sterling Shepard in this offense? Well, I think it's interesting. I actually think that the way they were trying to use Golden Tate in many respects is the way they should be trying to use Evan Ingram. And, a guy who is a capable of, you know, catching the ball and, and, and really doing damage once he has the ball in his hand. So I, I, I didn't like it either. I thought they, I thought they should have pushed the ball further um, downfield more, taken some shots, um, really, really put some pressure on the, the back half of the defense to try to open things up for underneath running and underneath throws. But, if I'm not mistaken, I think maybe there was one legitimate, what I call, what I would consider a deep pass, something over 30 yards um, that wasn't completed. I think there were two 20-yard passes that was that were that were completed. And when you're just not going to attack that third level, it it, it really makes everything else harder underneath. And so you're asking a a guy that's getting up there in age like Golden Tate to shake people, like that's not going to work. And then you take away one of your weapons, um, you know, in Slayton because you're not not threatening anybody deep down the field with them. So if you're not going to use him as a deep threat, if you're not going to use Ingram as a deep threat, and you're going to keep everything shallow to intermediate, then the defense is just going to play you that way. And it makes it much more difficult. And you saw um, a, a quarterback that was struggling to get people open or, or to hit people that were open. You saw some guys that, that, that dropped a couple balls that they probably should have caught. And, and you just saw a really disjointed, you know, disheveled offense that never seemed to be able to click and get a rhythm and I think that starts with getting your quarterback some confidence and confident throws, and then obviously trying to attack that third level, which I don't think they did a very good job of last week, and you would hope they would do a better job of this week if they want to try to keep that you know that 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 blitzing defense at bay that's very similar to how the Steelers 
employ their defense, and we know the struggles that the offense had versus the Steelers. Gene, final question for you. What are your keys to the Giants beating the Rams, which I, I'm sure is it's going to be an uphill battle for them, but what can they do or what do they need to do to beat the Rams on Sunday? Well, I would say the Rams need to have a, a bunch of people miss the game, but we just saw that <laughs> with the 49ers, that's not necessarily a guarantee either. I, I think there has to be an establishment of the 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 run game and or the quick game. Get the ball out in the people's hands quickly in space where they can, you know, get things going. They we, we they've got to get they've got to get more they've got to get more plays that are just your your run of the mill three to seven yard you know games. Those keep the chains moving games. The, the need to be able to to get conversions on third down and, and then attack down the field, open it up so that Daniel Jones can come back into the area that he actually thrives in, which is that intermediate area when he has it going. Um, defensively, they got to get off the they got to get off the um, field on third down, and that comes with that comes with being a little bit more aggressive on third down and not just kind of trying to play the we're going to drop into coverage. Bring more people, um, bring more bodies. Don't let Jared Goff sit back there and feel comfortable picking people apart. All right. It sounds like a tall order. And of course, you know, as, as we air this particular podcast, it's Tuesday. So the coaches are knee deep in their game planning and we'll see just how many of the suggestions between what you just offered, what I have to offer in the film study and the other stuff that we have to offer on Giants Country show up in the game plan. Gene, always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you so much, folks. Make sure you are following him at Gene Clemens. Make sure you are reading him on Football Game Plan and Giants Country. The man does an excellent job breaking down the X's and O's. For Gene Clemens, I am Patricia Trena. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, Giant fans.